This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. The award-winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever-changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris. Hi, thank you for joining us. My name is Bruce Norris, and today our special guest is Lenska Brecknell. Lenska is a real estate investor and broker, a rehab educator and entrepreneur. Uh, she's been an independent broker in San Diego, working with real estate investors. She's a landlord and investor herself, involved in over 100 fix and flips. Lenska's background and ex expertise makes her a valuable resource in understanding real estate markets, property valuations, and acquisition. Lenska offers monthly investor tours for over 12 years in different San Diego neighborhoods, evaluating houses and searching for deals, teaching investors about fix and flip, buy and hold in San Diego, out-of-state investing, private lending, vacation rentals, accessory dwelling units, and small multifamily investing. Lenska is also SDCIA board member. Uh, SDCIA is Southern California's real estate largest investment club. Uh, SDCIA mission is to unite members in a common bond to further their education and promote their success in real estate investment. And on the side, Lenska loves flying airplanes, drones, and doing Zumba to J-Lo songs. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> when, do I, when do I have time to sleep? <laughs> when did you get into flying airplanes? That's, I wanted to ask that. So thank you, Bruce, uh, for, for having me. And yes, my flying career goes actually back to being married to a helicopter pilot. Wow. And we started an aerial photography business. And 30 years ago, when I came to this country, I didn't speak much English, but I understood as much as when I went out with my portfolio back then, we had those eight by 10 glossy photographs. Right. Um, and everybody was asking me, are you the pilot? Are you the pilot? <laughs> and by the fifth time I had enough, I literally turned around. I didn't even answer the guy. <laughs> I turned around, went to Paloma airport, said, sign me up. I wanna get my private uh, pilot's license. And here, here we are 30 years later. Now it's all up to drone flying. Yeah, now I was asking you now, so now you operate drones that go how far away to take a picture? Now, if you go by the FAA rules, you have to leave it in the line of sight. Okay. okay? And you only can go 400 feet high and there are a lot of restrictions on drones. Like for example, I flew San, over San Diego uh, downtown but drones are not allowed. So I still use then the helicopter with a different camera. Okay. I'm sure I get a call from the FAA saying, hey, you, this video on YouTube looks like you are not allowed. So I'm waiting for that call. <laughs> okay. So how far away can a drone be from where you are? I mean, it could possibly without interference of Wi-Fi and stuff go. I mean, they are rated uh, about two to three miles. Okay. Well, I, that's closer than I thought. I was wondering how far they could take off and. <laughs> Pe people have lost them in the ocean. Yeah. I, I, I could see that as someone, someone, our family circle got one. He says, you want to use it? I said, no. 
<laughs> I could see a crash landings over in a park somewhere. Yeah, and for me, since I am, you know, kind of a real pilot, I obviously, since I've been flying for over 30 years and photographing for Sandak, for Caltrans, and for all the home builders, and that's actually how it ties into real estate, right? I actually, I'm, I'm still upset with myself to this point as today, because I was flying all the site selections for Walmart. Wow. Nobody knew about where Walmart was going, but back in my younger years, I, you know, I, you weren't around or I wasn't listening to you yet. <laughs> and so in the nineties, right. It's uh, yeah. I could have probably optioned some good land around Walmart selection sites. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that's why I, when I teach investors, it's, I always try, is there an edge for you because of your daytime job possibly? Interesting. I've never thought of it that way, but that is actually a, like an appraiser, you know, a lot of times investors have a background as a at a as appraisers because they, that's what they do. They look at values and they can understand, you know, something that's uh, harder for other people. Uh, let's go. I'm going to take you back. Uh, let's go back to about 13, 14 months ago. So we're done with 2019, and 2020 starts. What was the real estate market like in San Diego pre-coronavirus? Pre-coronavirus, we had the hottest, um, best-selling, fastest-selling uh, holiday season in about in in um, November and December. Okay. Now, did, was that consistent through 2019, or was that just really kind of kicked off for some reason? We had pretty strong holiday um, season, uh, selling seasons the last two or three years, actually. Okay. So we obviously, we still had that um, a seasonal dip in inventory, and that even then fueled um, higher prices because the real buyers, like we always say, the real buyers don't take a break at Christmas. Right. <laughs> and investors don't take a break. Just the opposite. They're hoping for less competition. When the coronavirus happened about, let's say, a little over a year ago, what did you think would happen versus what it actually did happen? Did you have an opinion, oh, wow, this is going to change, be a game changer one way or the other? Yes. I actually watched the inventory daily. Okay. I did my own spreadsheet because I felt I owe it to my investors that will call me and say, oh my God, the whole, I mean, we all agreed that it, the real estate market will crash and home prices will go down. <laughs> okay. So, and, but after watching it for maybe four weeks and six weeks and no, there was no price reduction, no nothing. And even here in San Diego, not a lot of withdrawals or cancellations. There was a pause for about four weeks, but that was it. So you're saying the inventory levels did not radically change in, a time, in that time period? Correct. Now that's interesting because California as a whole, inventory was down something like 45%, which is a lot. Yeah, but that is because it got bought up quickly. Not well, 
Okay, I, I think, okay, let me just think about that because I think a lot of the volume, I mean, the inventory is still way down in San Diego. It keeps going down. It's amazing. It goes down 50% a month. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll have three houses for sale. Now, actually, you, you, this is a good point you're making, Bruce, because right now we have, and we had for the last year, 2,700 listings. Okay. And that includes condos attached a mobile homes, townhouses, everything. So if you look for a three bedroom, two baths, 1500 uh, square foot house with a two car garage and a medium home price, you qualify for, let's even take it 750, 800. Do you know how many houses are available between our Northern boundary and our Southern boundary? Not many. 175. And what will that, what volume of sales will take place in the next 30 days for that every, type? Every home that is listed, we, we're very consistent with the new listings, pending listings, and sold listings pretty much equally. So if 700 homes come on the market, 700 homes go pending, 700 homes will uh, be sold. Okay. We have not reached the lowest we have gotten, I think was 2,611. Today we're at 2,730 or something. Okay. Um, so what's it like being a real estate agent? Now you, you still deal with clients and list their homes, is that correct? Uh, that, that is correct. So last, last year, I heard myself constantly whining and complaining. And I'm telling you, whining was more <laughs> the option okay. um, about there are no houses for sales. Investors are, you know, it's hard to get a fix and flip. It's, cash flow is practically impossible unless you um, add an ADU or possibly actually build um, from the ground up. Um, so I, I said, I need to reinvent myself. Okay. So if I can't buy it, why not build it? And then suddenly a good friend of mine, um, we had a discussion and she said, why don't you help people build ADUs? There you go. Because also because of the ADUs, people, um, people are not selling their property. So this is also one of the reasons why people are not listing it. So they have the option now to make that nest egg even bigger. Right. And if I'm getting a 3% interest rate or three and a half, or even, you know, any, even if it will go up to five, they still would be ahead. Interesting. So, I, so that's why I decided, you know, I still have clients that, um, Actually, I do bro broker price opinion. I help people maximize their rents and so on, but that doesn't pay the big bucks like, you know, the real estate commissions. Right. Not only, obviously, we have 15,000 agents. So I always say 10, 12 years ago, we had 5,000 agents and 15,000 listings. So today we have 5,000 listings and 15,000 agents. So you can do the math. Plus we have iBuyers and all this. Right. Um, so, and not only this, the commission structures are also diminishing. So buyers 
uh, buyer agents commissions now is down to 2%. Now, yes, given the prices are going up, yeah. right? And sellers say, hey, Redfin does 1%. Can you do it for 1%? So there is a lot of um, commission pressure on the entire real estate industry. In San Diego, if you're a seller, what, what can you expect? Not quite 122 offers, but like this one, uh, one house got up in <laughs> Fresno, I believe. Okay. But um, it is not unheard of about 40 or 50 offers. Inside of a very tight time frame. Oh, yes. And if you don't see, I mean, currently, and two, it's kind of, we also do a little K-shaped recovery. So if you're talking about Chula Vista, which is one on the closer to the Mexican border, right? right? So you have a um, time on market or an inventory of about half a month. Right. Half. You have, we have seen a price go up from last year to this uh, year. So year over year, 20%. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to Rancho Santa Fe, where, you know, the glitz and the rich live, right? it's actually very interesting that last uh, year's inventory was 12 months and prices actually have been declining 20%. So when we see, when we say the average appreciation right now in San Diego is 14%, if, if the high-end homes drag us down, then you can see that actually the low, um, uh, the median home price or the lower end of the market is actually probably appreciating more than over 20%. And the Fed is telling us there is no inflation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, now you're trying to get out of the box here. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll get back in it. <laughs> Okay, so sellers, um, what are they doing when they sell now? Are they staying or are they leaving? And where are they going? So my last sales were all moving kind of out of state. Okay. Or they are renting. Renting, wow. So cashing cashing in their chips, thinking they'll buy when it comes down type thing? Um, not necessarily because okay. they want to maybe travel and don't know. So they're, you know, they're in the position, thank God that they don't, you know, they could buy something later on, but they don't know where, where they're going and maybe traveling for a year or two. Okay. And then actually I have investors who are cashing out and paying the capital gains tax. Instead of 1031 because 1031 you can it is so hard right now to find replacement properties so if you have other debt you can pay off with that or your own mortgage and as a baby boomer set you up uh, uh, debt debt free that's a very good plan too yeah california real estate can do some amazing things and uh it's been it's been doing that this last couple of years um, if you're, if you're a buyer, do you rep, if you, do you, have, do you list some properties and do you or represent buyers? What, how do you prepare them for what they're about to see? I, you know, I'm probably 
one of the brokers that I talked myself out of a lot of commissions, but that's probably why my reputation is pretty good back in the days when I know I'm not answering your question. Let, let me answer your question first and then switch over to the investors. I, I prepare buyers as in you need to, if you make an offer, you need to put 20 to $40,000 on top. Okay, so we currently list price to sales, a sold price is at its highest it ever has been at 102%. Right. Right. So meaning everything is being bid up. Right. So the the highest bid up was five hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> half a million dollars. Wow. In San Diego. So if you want to be in that game and that that's what you have to prepare buyers for. And it is very discouraging people looking at all these homes, you know, it's one offer after another. And some buyers don't believe me. So they kind of have to submit two offers, you know, and then say, hey, uh, you know, I'm not driving up the price, uh, but sometimes they don't believe me. So, and then they have to come to realization. Yeah. Have, yes. you, ever, have you ever seen a market like this? N no. So, if you're an investor right now, so that's really what we both do and who we work with, what is the suggestion for them as far as, okay, how do I spend the next 12 months doing the most profitable thing? So for me, the most profitable thing is if you have rental properties to add ADUs. Okay. I mean, you know, Mike Cantu, bless his heart, he was on the um, our sister club, North County, yesterday, mm -hmm. and I had that question, and his his reply was he does not want to uh, have the current tenants put up with the inconvenience of adding units, right? So there, there's all different ways, and but some people have huge properties. They have ten thousand square feet with a duplex all the way in the front, so you can actually yes cut into a curb and increase your ROI tremendously because you already own the dirt. Yeah, you know Mike is a very unusual investor who had a plan for the last thirty years to land on the exact square he's at, and so. That Mike Cantu's answer would probably be very unique to Mike because he's already done exactly his plan. And so he's, he's good. Um, do you find that adding an ADU somehow changes the quality of the tenant in the residence that's already there? I always tell my investors, I prefer they're doing it so it does not diminish the quality of the current tenant. Okay. okay? So you can create great backyard spaces and maybe do a shared laundry and some of the, you know, uh, tight, tighter spaces. But um, if you're doing it right and you have the property, I mean, I have seen people put a two story um, ADU in a footprint of uh, uh, 18 by 38, I believe, okay. because you had to observe the setbacks. So two stories. So practically that tenant will look down in, into somebody's living room all right. the time. Right. And then just 
blast some J-Lo music, like I like, uh-huh. right? And so for me, the tenant would m- must love uh, J-Lo. Who, who, who's renting those ADUs? If I can ask. As in, who is the renter profile? Who's yeah. the tenant in those? It, obviously, we have such a diverse uh, market here in San Diego uh, that we, I mean, it is really all over the bird. I mean, it's practically determined by the size of the ADU, right? So some people um, add 450 square feet because they want just a single person professional in there. We have a lot of uh, tech job, medical jobs, you know, and, and, and this is why San Diego is so great. We still have, you know, good colleges. And I don't see how the colleges do the online teaching yet, right? Mm-hmm. Medical, you can't do from home. And we have a lot of biotech and biotech you can't do from home either. So there's a lot of quality professionals moving into San Diego. I guess that's what I wanted to know. Um, did the buyer profile change because of the pandemic? Did you have migration from people that were given permission? Okay, you don't have to, let's say, live in San Jose. Uh, you can you can be elsewhere. And they brought, um, this has happened in Florida. You know, you sell something in New York for a million dollars. It's hard to find something in Florida for a million dollars. So your money goes further, but yet you came from a big check and your mindset is, I just want to get one. Yeah. And so yeah. that, that urgency prevents negotiation. It's like, that's not even a, it's just, can I get what I want? Is, did that happen in San Diego? Yeah, and we have two profiles. We have people coming down from San Francisco and I assume that $500,000 over um, asking price was somebody from San Francisco because 2 million was still cheap for them, yes. right? Yes. And then we had uh, several people from Los Angeles to escape the smog, the traffic and everything else. And also even further up the coast, because, you know, if airplanes fly back and they even have to fly maybe once a, a week up there for a meeting or something, the quality life in San Diego is, is still uh, pretty good. Plus we do have, really the, the, the good jobs, I would say. I was wondering if that happened. I know I spoke in front of a, it was in San Jose, there was um, a group of, it was a Chinese investor, uh, investment group. And so the audience was uh, three, 400 people. And when I spoke, um, did Q&A afterwards, and I, I found somebody's comment really enlightening. He had originally bought about a million dollars of a property in China and it went up 10 times. It was, he sold and made $10 million. Came to, came to uh, San Jose with that. This is probably got to be five or six years ago. And he was buying, he said to a realtor, basically, I'll take $10 million homes. Because his assumption was that it was going to do what China's did. And it, really, that was his assumption. Maybe it has actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't care about the price level. He cared about getting them. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the the Chinese, and that's another reason too, you know, our foreign investment was pretty high all those years, right? Yes. It slowed down now, but foreign investors are also never selling 
the real estate. So again, that that contributes to not having enough inventory. So besides all the, you know, the demographics, the job placements, and so we we really ha haven't wrapped our head or numbers around real estate prices yet. Do you think the interest rates dipping below 3% so somebody could have a, an opportunity to refi with something that started with a two, do you think some of those people said, you know what, I'm just staying. How, how many yes. of you beat this rate? <laughs> now, especially if people see that they're, so I, I, I have a, I went onto a listing presentation in, I believe it was February, okay? Mm -hmm. So a house, a house in Mira Mesa, I won't tell anybody the address because otherwise tomorrow they will be inundated with a line out the door, okay? Right. Um, and so in February, and the median home price was 650 and in their house, I think I comped it at about 860, okay? okay. So I always do a little lower. And I practically told them, let's wait for the spring season, I believe prices will be pushed up. So your house will comp to the spring sales, right? Mm -hmm. So the last two comps, I just pulled it yesterday, was 940. So wow. by waiting, but you see, that's me as a real estate agent. Nobody else would, every, anybody would say, yeah, let's list, let's list, you know? Yeah. So practically between February and end of April, those people made $80,000. Wow. Just by doing nothing. Right. And that's a tight time frame for that return. Holy cow. Well, that's going to do it for part one of our interview with real estate investor and broker, Lenska Bracknell. Please tune in next week for part two. Thank you. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com. The Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For more information on hard money lending, go to thenorrisgroup.com and click the hard money tab.